Welcome back to Restless. But, um, Paul, what did you order for lunch? I got a chicken shawarma wrap. I am excited to see that. I got that too, didn't I? No, you got a platter. I forget what I got. You ordered for me. I did. No, you told me what you wanted, and I ordered it. That's you it. You just forgot. That's it. <laughs> getting old. I'm getting old. Yeah. Still a young adult. Still a young adult. As we wait for our lunch to be delivered here, <laughs> we have joined Paul, Joe, and Lauren as together we young adults restlessly, restlessly seek the face of Christ in the midst of today's crazy, mixed up, and hungry world. And so today we're talking about uh, <laughs> coffee. That was a grenade. It took a second for it to register in my perception. <laughs> we're talking about a topic that, that all of you are probably much more involved in than I am, which is the Catholic digital world. So I don't have a smartphone, as you know. I... I don't have a tablet. I don't have. I have a laptop computer. Yet you're on two podcasts in Yet the I Catholic digital podcasts. world. Not to mention a blog and a video series and, and a TV show on Shalom World. Two sh- TV shows on Shalom World? Question mark. You have two TV. You're very shows? prolific. You and have at least music. one. So on yeah. Spotify. Okay. So, <laughs> <very prolific. laughs> Actually, of all of us, I think you're the most involved in the Catholic digital world. Which is ironic, I suppose. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you can't consume any of it, but you produce a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'd rather be a producer than a consumer. But <laughs> but I think uh, certainly there's a lot of uh, digital ways to encounter Christ out there, and so I'd, I'm kind of curious to hear from you guys what you found to be helpful, not helpful, what your takes are on things like digital apps for our faith, like if you do like. Laudate or like stuff I like, like Laudate. That. Do you like Laudate? Yeah, I do. Do you like Hello? I don't have Hello. Hello's I use okay. Hello. Do you have to pay for Hello? There's, there's a paid option. Yeah, there's oh, a paywall. Yeah, I don't I don't use Hello. I like I like um Laudate and I like iBrewery. No, I don't like iBrewery. Let me rephrase that. I like <laughs> the ability to pray the divine office if I'm driving and forgot my my brewery. Which I would use iBrewery for. Does it read it? Does it read it to you? No, no. You, you, my point is that you one should pray with a book because we are body soul composites and it's an incarnational moment. But, no, no. But you uh, said you phone. use iBrewery while you're driving. <laughs> no, like if, said, I'm dri- if I'm if I'm if I'm driving somewhere and then like I get to my destination. Oh, I, and I have to okay. pray. The I thought you were reading it like. No. While yeah, I thought it did driving. that too because that'd be really cool. Be, that would be no, you, no. The problem is that um, I usually take a nap while I'm driving, and so it wouldn't be any time. Oh, okay. Time to pray the office. Yeah. So I wake up, use my destination, then I pray the office. Use your Elon Musk self-driving cars. Pilot? I, I walk by faith, not by sight. So you see what happens. My point. mom used to say that if you're taking a hard left turn out of a driveway or something, you say, J- you know, just close your eyes and just go for it. Jesus, take the wheel for the next 15 to 20 minutes, please. I'm tired. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I've driven with you before. Actually, Joe's car has a weird feature. Do you still have, I, you still have the same car you used to have? No, no, no. No, that's no. right. His car, old car used to have only one windshield wiper. Yeah, you found it mind blowing. But it was mind blowing because it was big enough for the entire windshield. Was it like a Civic? I think the old. Civic it was like was just a, just one big yeah. hand waving at you. Yeah, yeah. You found this. You found this very interesting. I for found a very long it time. absolutely fascinating. Well, my original yeah. car had automatic seatbelts. Now that was cool. Automatic seatbelts. Oh, that's yeah. a '90s. You, what you, year was it? It was a '95. Yeah. Was, 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 what was it? Mercury Tracer. Yeah. Oh gosh. You, so you close the door car. and the seatbelt just goes and just goes right along your shoulder and just. It's pretty weird. Clips pretty you cool. in, except huh. they it choked a few people, so they kind of stopped doing that yeah. after oh. a while, but. So, so Lauren, do you do, use uh, any other digital apps? I use Hello for driving, um, listening to the Daily Gospel, and nice. sometimes I'll use it for the Rosary or Divine Mercy Chaplet because I like the light piano in the background and, <laughs> um, yeah, listening to somebody else. They also put Bible in a Year on there, which mm-hmm. I did start again because I felt like when I did Bible in a Year, I zoned out a lot, um, but I, I have not kept that up. Um, you can have I, Scott Hahn read to you as you try to fall asleep. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. He's got a great voice. 
They've put more and more in that app. Yeah. And then I think it's cool when they send you a notification like, you know, I don't know, uh, 47 million people are praying this Advent. Join in. Like, it just is kind of cool to see, like, wow, this many people are praying. Like, to virtually, I guess, be connected to other people or just to know that people are praying. Interesting. You don't, yeah, I don't interesting. Know. I don't think of so it. much for Jesus' injunction to go to your room and close your door when you pray. No, post on social media. Well, but we do pray corporately as Christians. We so. do. Yeah, we do. That's cool. That's cool. See, I don't. Yeah, I don't use any of those apps. There's a couple other good ones. I have a whole Catholic on my iPhone. I have a whole Catholic app. Older. Group. Well, you know, Ver- Veritas Net- the Catholic Network has an app. Yes, which you should download awesome. and help listen. To There's it. a really cool app. You'd probably like this. Have you heard of Katina? Katina. No. So you can use it. Will um, you can go into a scripture verse? It gives you. It's a Bible app, but you can click on any verse, and it will bring up Church Fathers oh, commentary sweet. on that verse. Like this oh, one, I did for whatever reason. I'm on Colossians. Colossians uh, chapter one, verse three. They have John Chrysostom. Chris- Chris- John Chrysostom. Whatever. And <laughs> what's happened to help? Uh, <laughs> and that's it for that particular verse. But you can pull it up, and they'll have Ambrose of Milan, nice. Clement of Alexandria. That's really cool. I need to do that for my homilies. Hey, Doc. I wonder if I can get that online. I don't know. Probably not. See, I know there are some advantages. That was down here. What was the app or called? Now here. Katina. Or Katina. How, do you pronounce, how would you pronounce that? Is that a K or a C? Katina. It's a C. Katina. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, phonetically, it does, it doesn't Katina, matter. but probably yeah. I would just say Katina. Anyway, that's a, that's a very cool app. I like app the Magnificat app. <clears throat> okay. It's convenient. Okay. Do you, do, you, do you pray the Magnificat? Is that like... Is that no, the, 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 the monthly thing. I know. Yeah. Do you pray... The, it's called Magnificat. So like, if it has more even prayer, right? Is that what makes yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's a shortened version. I'll use iBrievery, though, if I want to pray the actual office. Gotcha. And there's an exorcism app. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it more... It's all the social media demons. No, it's more just gives you prayers. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah. What's, what's it called? E- exorcism. The exorcism. I, 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 exorcist. I got a picture of St. Michael and you open it up. I exorcist. Awesome. I exorcist. That's a good one. Yeah, I know. I love it. Uh, so, yeah. so what are your go-to Catholic podcasts other than Restless, which should be number one on your... Listening. I listen to Pints with Aquinas with Matt Fred. Matt Fred. That's ter- terrible. That bad. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. more Irish. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't do impressions. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like. I'm um, a big fan of um, Catholic stuff. You should know, which are priests out in the archdi in the in the archdiocese of Denver. Mm. They're really good um, because it's not like today we're going to talk about what is baptism or, or like you know like very basic catechism stuff it's like interesting like reflections theologically and, and scripturally and stuff like that which is cool oh good um i also really like the pillar podcasts for those of us who are political science majors turned seminarians and want to hear all the happenings in the vatican uh it's two very fa- very faithful and prayerful canon lawyers who um go through church news in a very respectful and prayerful way you gotta be, you gotta way. be prayerful when you go into church news <laughs> well you can tell they actually love the church and want the best for it and so they're not, they're not like accusing bishops of wild things and like they're actually doing like this crazy thing called reporting. Um, what so is that? Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. Reporting. It's kind, of, it's kind of like tweeting but with facts and longer. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. I like those. I would recommend those those, those two. Oh, Word on Fire is good. Ascension, yes. Ascension Press is good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bishop Barron's has his podcast, uh, has um, his homilies in a podcast form, which are which are quite good. Nice. Good. Yep. Nice. His Christmas one this, this Christmas one this year is excellent. Oh, I'll have to Jesus listen to that. The baby. Steal yeah. it for next year. Because you know, as they say, good good authors borrow, great authors steal. Great. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> haven't had an original thought in ten years. Students plagiarize, but that's <laughs> a different thing entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's asked me to cite my sources for my homilies. So. Yeah. I think I've listened to the Catholic talk show the most. What's that? I it's four know. guys, one priest. Is that an EWTN? Or? Uh, just us. No. I... 
Uh, or I guess, yeah, it's three guys. Ryan Delacross, Ryan Scheel, and Father Richard Pagano. I have, how do they have two Ryans on one podcast? Yeah, they do. That's got to be confusing. We have two Josephs. I was about to say, imagine having two Joves on a podcast. Be, yeah, but I'm just Father. So father Joseph. Sure. But. The other good one is um, Godsplaining. Godsplaining is good. Never yeah. heard of that one. It's, it's um yeah it's Dominicans okay um Father Gregory Pine a lot of I'm people are those. big fans of Poco a Poco oh very it's good the, yeah the Franciscan Friars uh, of renewal yeah yeah even the Sisters of Life have a podcast now mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called I, I mean everyone has a podcast pretty much everyone. we have a podcast. even us even us I forgot another great one the Liturgy Guys That's they do a good. whole season where they walk through all of Sacrosanctum Concilium I mean come on who doesn't want to work out to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> go for a jog listen to listen to about the the comedy of salvation. It's great. I don't listen to podcasts while I work out. The Sisters of Life is called Let Love. Let Love. Let okay, love. Let Love. Okay. Th- there needs to be a, a predicate nominative at the end of that. Mm. Let Love do A podcast what? by the Sisters of Life is oh. what it says. <laughs> I, I looked it up. I think it's fine. No! We're called Restless. True. That's true. Yeah. So I, well, our, our entire title is Restless Catholic Young Adults. Correct. Because that's who we are. Yes. Zany. Arguably. God is love. Let love is about giving God permission in your life, letting go and receiving the love that frees you to live in the truth of who you are. I like that. I like that. Sounds good, right? Listening to the Sisters of Life is just like going on a retreat anytime you listen to them. Yes. They're amazing. So what about social media? Do you follow any any Catholic people on Twitter? It sounds like you know a lot about Twitter, Joe. Are you a Twitter fan? Uh, I do. I do like Twitter. I don't look on it very often, mostly because I'm on spiritual year in seminary. I don't have my phone Monday through Friday. Um, I follow J.D. Flynn and Ed Condon because they are the pillar guys. Um, I follow a lot of bishops, our bishop among them, USCCB. Twitter's not where I get most of my... I, I, I'm a big fan of Facebook because I'm uh, 24 going on 47. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And because that's the only place I post, Facebook. And, we're all, and what's the point of having social media if you're not going to post on it, Father? Right, I'm only there for you. I'm only there for your content. Oh, I got, I got so many. <laughs> I, I was enjoying the pictures of all my friends and their their kids at Christmas. That's that's why I have it. You know, to say, oh, they're in Bahamas, they're in Bermuda. I'm in Connecticut. My life stinks. No. <laughs> so yeah. So do you follow anybody? I found this guy on Instagram. Hey PJK. Okay. It, it just kind of came up because, you know, if you've, right, that's how these apps work. Like once you look at one thing, they show you similar content. And he's a comedian and a speaker. He has 72,000 followers. Um, I think he goes around and gives talks and stuff. Catholic, Catholic family, four children, one on the way. And he just does cute little videos, like nothing too serious. Nice. I, I just, I don't nice. know. But I'm not someone that's following, like, I don't know, all these women things like women faith feminists do you listen to you don't listen to don't Kimberly Hahn I don't mm. she has a podcast know. too I'm not of course into oh my gosh everyone has a podcast Matt Fred's wife has a podcast that among, <laughs> among the lilies <laughs> I heard that. Cameron that. Fred that's awesome so what about what about uh like tv like do you watch here's here's the big question do you watch the chosen and if so what are your thoughts on it? I've watched 1.5 seasons Okay, that's not bad. That's about what I'm I've watched. I'm about the same. I'm somewhere in season two. I don't remember where. Yeah, I, 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 I dropped off at some point. I don't know why. So, what are your thoughts? Good, bad, indifferent? I, I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen it because I can't watch TV during the week during spiritual year. When I come home, I'm binge watching Star Wars and Cobra Kai. Sorry. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> watching Andor. Not yet. But you should binge. Do you have a desire to watch it? Like, I will watch it at some point in my life. It comes highly recommended by many people. And, mm-hmm. um, although I have heard criticisms of it from 
from other people, but that's just things. Yeah, I don't think it's perfect. I think it, it's trying to create, because um, there's all these really popular miniseries or series that have are very secular and paganistic and terrible and sometimes great, um, <laughs> or, or all of those at the same time, um, that it's like, well, the story of Christ is great, so why not create a series about it? But you have to, I think there's a lot of criticisms coming in. They have to fill a lot of space because the Gospels aren't that, descriptive yeah and there's a lot of overlap yeah and it only so there's a lot of overlap and the most descriptive gospels still there's a lot of holes in it and so i think they have they try to create a series that fills in a lot of that and it's it's very clearly that it's fictional a lot of it but i think the the point of it is that they want to do a very well-made high budget series on the life of christ and i think they're succeeding at that but there's criticisms because a lot of it is filling in gaps that are not canonical, which is okay. I think that's... As long as it's intentionally... That is fiction. They're not saying this is a gospel. Yeah, I think that is what sets this apart from things that have done in the past. It is not just a, here's a video format of what you have read in the gospels. It's more of the stories of the disciples and their backstories and their interactions with each other. And um, for me, seeing that is making all these figures that we know of like more real because we know they're human but mm-hmm. like most of my life you just think like oh they're the disciples like so holy but they're not and uh, as i've gotten older I, I learned that but then you see these things play out and their interactions like in one scene i know um jesus told them they were going on a trip and they start asking all these questions because they want to have all these answers right it's just very human nature like people do that all the time and then he just tells them you keep asking all these questions, we're going to have a very annoying trip. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes, are we, we are. Are we there yet, Jesus? <laughs> it's so relatable, but it's like, it's just, to me, those kinds of scenes are fun because you're seeing how Jesus, who is perfect and all-knowing, is interacting with us, like normal human beings with all our faults. And yeah, there's humor in it and fun and delight and I don't know. And I don't think there's anything, you know, the guy who made it, Dallas Jenkins, he's... Yes. Protestant, yes, kind of charismatic Protestant. I just realized the other day. Do you remember the Left Behind series? No, it was a series of books about the Rapture and the Apocalypse. Oh. Very popular in the late nineties, and it yeah. was his dad that wrote those. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Um, so anyway, but he's he's kind of a charismatic Protestant. But Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, is a faithful Catholic. Yeah. So it's actually, I don't want to say that Protestants do heretical things, but it's not necessarily heretical. No, well, that's I, I believe I've heard that he has a priest and a rabbi yeah, on the right. writing team with him to make sure that it's theologically yeah. accurate. Yeah, so from that perspective, it's good. There's been some weird criticisms of it, and then there's there's a whole like metaverse of YouTubers criticizing it, and then other YouTubers rebutting those criticisms, either supporting it in one way, one <laughs> really one YouTube video really supports it, and then there's a rebuttal video about how that's terrible. Or like somebody doesn't support it, and then there's a rebuttal video. So there's a lot of just meta. nonsense. Meta is a good way to put it. Yeah, nonsense yeah, that's happening meta. on YouTube because of the chosen. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and season three aired in theaters the first two episodes and did very well. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. It, it it far exceeded anyone's expectations in terms of how many dollars it brought in. Yeah, I saw episodes three of season three it was on YouTube yesterday, so I watched that. It was it was good. It was good. Good. What do you think of it? My thoughts are, uh, I just hope people realize that most of it is fiction. Not most of it, but you know, you know, so much of it is fiction. Because there are some portrayals, like I really don't like how they put Matthew as autistic. 
I mean, it's nice that there is an autistic. Superman's autistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He seems to be on the spectrum. He's on the spectrum, and 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 that's it's wonderful that they recognize that that's a community that that is underrepresented in the in movies, and that there's a lot of contributions that they can do. I just hope that, I mean, America is so poorly formed in their theological education that I think a lot of people are going to think, oh, he must have really been autistic. No, that was a that was a stylistic choice, and it's fine, but it's fiction. Right. So people just have to understand, okay, that's that's not really how it happened. You know? Right. I think they wanted to accentuate that Matthew was very precise. Yes. Which is good. Yeah. Which is true, but then the portrayal may not be true. But he's like true. OCD and yeah. his, you know, his family rejected him. And that, that's a whole backstory, which is all fiction, right. which is fine. Yeah. But as long as people understand, it's fiction. Right. So I think it's a mix. I think you have to – I think what they're, the, the goal of it and what they've done is good. And at the end of the day, you know – St. Paul says, as long as Christ is preached, it doesn't matter for what motives or, f- mm-hmm. or how it's preached. You know, And this is bringing some people to encounter Christ for the first time. And so praise God for that. Right. Yeah. No, it's a wonderful thing. And it's not cheesy. Well, some of it's cheesy. Some of it's <laughs> but But not, <laughs> all, not all of it's cheesy. No, there's and a lot of found moments. Stuff that, like Christian stuff that was made in the 70s and 80s, a lot of it is so cheesy. Yes, but I still I still love Jesus of Nazareth. You ever seen that that? miniseries yeah i have we watched that i think in like sixth grade or something it's oh, old right it's from the it 90s. is from the 70s yeah. oh, 70s 70s oh maybe yeah. watch another one then this with the really handsome jesus yeah blue-eyed and beautiful Br- mary <laughs> yes yeah and john wayne was the centurion truly this was the son of god <laughs> <laughs> oh that yeah i have seen parts <laughs> of that yeah yeah um but i think you know but then there's also like the passion which was yeah peter Kreef, peter Kreef calls that a liturgy yeah, it's like a liturgy. It it's like a liturgy. it's not as much a movie or media. It's 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 like a liturgy. It brings you there. Joe, are you not a fan of the passion? No, I just uh, I was trying to f- understand what it means to call a movie a liturgy. It's like a liturgy. It's a, it's a worship experience. Oh, interesting. Um, on the subject of motives, can we talk about the dark side of the online Catholic world? Yes, because we're far too upbeat. So that far. was our very next. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of Catholic writers and celebrities that that make their living and drink, digging up dirt. In the church. Well, I mean, that would be one thing, but manufacturing dirt on the church is another one entirely. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. So, I mean, what is, what's your take on that? Is it is it good? Do they provide a service for the church? You know, people like Taylor no. Marshall and Church Militant. No, they don't. And nobody should listen to them. <laughs> so, from what I understand is Taylor Marshall is a convert to the faith, and he is, um, I guess, assessing things based on church doctrine and comparing that to what is going on in the world today. Is that... And Correct like, or no. and also like um, paranoid right wing politics and um, other sorts of weird things. And he has a weird um, sort of. Um, he basically seems like he thinks every mis- everything done wrong in the church must have been done by uh, like a gay priest or bishop, which I just find so odious and tedious and, and obnoxious. Um, yeah, he and he's just he's a very weird. He's just a very specific kind of journalist, if you could use that term very loosely, where he just well, yeah he's a provocateur for its own sake. I don't think he's motivated by truth or truth or, ch- or charity. I don't. Do you agree with that, Father? I think yeah. I think if you're going to bring up scandal, and then sometimes that is necessary, but to do it where that's not exclusively your focus, you know. So I mean, there's you would never find a positive article on Church Militant or on Taylor Marshall. There's never there's never anything. Oh, look what look how the gospel is being preached over here. Look at these incredible martyrs or or this you know the saint or. And it's it's um, you would never find an objective article because it seems to me to be very hysterical. Um, 
and also he seems to indulge in some conspiratorial th- stuff, right? That seems to be a, a, a thing of his. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I'll be honest, it's it's hard not to be conspiratorial well, when you look at some certain things in the church and in the world. But, but you should just generally ascribe, you should just generally blame incompetence and not malice, in my opinion. <laughs> Most large organizations, I think that's generally true. That's true. But for him, it's malice 100% all the time, and that's just wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about, we can talk about the, the sin of slander, right? And, and libel, which are you know, writing or saying truths, maybe, or even detraction, which is truths that are, are true, but are not necessary to be shared. Yeah. Because they don't do anything. That's glory that, that gives glory to God or, or saves a soul. We're talking about Taylor Marshall. Oh yes, I just uh, ran outside to get the lunch delivery, so food is here. So if you want, so let's um. If, 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 it's going. if you have any criticism, yeah. <laughs> no, and to be fair, we, we were waiting for you because what else would we talk about if you weren't here? So. Oh <laughs> right. Uh, what's what's the controversial? So we're talking. We're talking about um, Taylor Marshall, but if you want to move into criticism of Michael Voris, that's also an option. <laughs> yeah, I'm not as familiar with Michael, but I will say Taylor Marshall. He's a provocateur. That, that was the word that Joe used. Yes. Provocateur. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and see our episode on wokeism. So, so, but, here's, um, so here's the question. I mean, like, like, like there are people like the prophets in the Old Testament who really only just talk about doom and gloom and talk about yeah. the sins of others. I mean, isn't that a role in the church today to be a prophet, a prophetic voice? I think there's a difference between, I think it's okay. I think there's room in Catholic media for people that are in the church. It doesn't do much for evangelization, I don't think, but evangelism but um but i think there is a place in the church to point out where things seem to be strange or awry but i think there's a there's a difference between doing that charitably and doing it in a way that's just agitating yeah here's the distinction and it might actually drive people out of the church like what we don't want is for somebody who follows tiller marshall or others that are like him what you don't want them is to say okay well let's not stop going to this you know novus ordo church which is still completely canonical and go to Society of St. Pius X or set of a Cantus church. Like, we don't want that right. necessarily. Or just give up on the Catholic Church. Or give up completely. Like, yeah, go to, or, go to orthodoxy so because maybe that's better. I don't know. Right. Um, it's not. So, so now we're talking about them actually endangering people's salvations. And that, I think, is a possibility. So I think there's a, there's a fine line there. I think that Taylor Marshall has done some really excellent content. I think when he, when uh, Traditionos Custodis came out, he his video on that was very well done. I think he went through each clause and explained it where it comes from, and it was actually I think one of his lesser biased videos. Hmm. And so I think he's done some good things on that. The problem is how do you know? Because if you're going to be hysterical and um, like bomb throwing in, in general, how do I know when you're being a serious human, irresponsible human being for a know. few minutes? Right? That's like, why it's tough. That's why I rather trust people. I rather turn to people who are always trying to be responsible human beings. Um, like juxtapose, juxtapose uh, Taylor Marshall with um, J.D. Flynn and Ed Condon from The Pillar, right? Like, um, and they've they've spoken about this publicly that like, the, what they'll do is let's say someone reaches out to them and says, hey, you know, my diocese is doing whatever, right? During COVID, my diocese says you have no right to receive the tongue, for example. They'll call the chancery and say, hey, we heard this story, could you please comment on it? And they they've said that nine times out of ten, the chancery will call back and say, oh, I'm so sorry, miscommunication, it's been fixed, thank you for bringing it to our attention, and they don't print the story, because their goal is to actually build up the body of Christ. Mm. Tom Marshall would do, do none of those things. He would, it, would be, it would be all over his website, calling out the bishop and everybody, and now the, now the diocese is in this position where they have to defend their actions. So this is the difference, right? One, one group of people 
actually wants real reform in the church. That's good. The church has always needed reform, right? What's the saying? Ecclesia semper infirmanda sit, right? right? The church has always needed reform. That's good. But what we don't need are these people who only want to scandalmonger for their money. Which so, is, I mean, unity is one of the great values of our Catholic church. We believe in one church and, and, and remaining united. That was Christ's last prayer in John's gospel, right? That, that they all may be one. Yeah. And so anybody that foments division simply for the sake of division or cliques or, you know, anything like that is not uh, acting in the mind of yeah. Christ. And I think a lot of times there are folks that will say, and it's both sides. So Taylor Marshall's on a particular side. There's others that are on the other side too. They'll say, we are one church and this is how it should be in all cases. You know, it's like, well, actually, no, the church allows diversity in these areas and you, and requires unity in these other areas. Right. And like, we have to accept that. Right. Yeah, it's just so it's just so important to be careful about whom you consume because you don't you know a lot of people just don't know a lot about the church is very big and complicated and so it's like mm. you know you need to you need to really be prudent about like you know is this person responsible is what they're saying conforming to reality is it charitable is it always is there always a villain responsible for every every you know stub toe that occurs in the church if so then like that's not real that's not how the world really is yeah and, and I think the digital, Catholic digital world can foment that so yeah. so here's a question for you. It, it, like considering all of this, you know, both we talked about the great apps and the things that have helped you grow closer to Christ, and, the, and then the negative things that draw away from the, the real unity in the body of Christ. Is it good? Is it good to have a Catholic presence that's so broad and so vast? And, and I mean, it's almost like a Wild West because there's no centralized authority saying this person is a Catholic person. Listen to him. Don't listen to that person because mm. they're not a Catholic person. There is. There is. It's just ignored, right? Bishops have the right to say this is not a Catholic thing. Priest for life, for example, to my knowledge, not a Catholic thing, huh. right? Um, it's just ignored by the faithful. I believe to use Catholic in the title, I think maybe not, probably not on like YouTube standards, but I believe you should get bishops' approval. Yeah. So one, I forget what is. Well, they used to have an imprimatur, let it be printed. Yeah. You know, for books, right? Say this but still, they still do for Catholic books. But you're right. That still that still exists in terms of like. This show shouldn't wouldn't exist except that Bishop Kajan is okay yeah, with existing. He said it's okay. Our, our ordinary, so right? Did Catholic. you have to get? I never asked. <laughs> no, but it, no, but he knows about it. It's like yeah, if, he definitely. If he's he a yeah. big supporter. Of if he, if he, yeah. he's okay. But yeah. if you were to say, you know, you, what you just said is unacceptable. Let me be. You know, correct it or take down your show. That's real. And if we right. beat him, then we'd be actually not. I have gotten. I have gotten a couple phone calls um, from from people in the diocese that have said you need to take down that particular Facebook posting or this. That post, and I did it. You know, right, wasn't how, real thrilled about it. That's how obedience works, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's humil- It's humbling. So, so is it possible then to to grow in your faith through the Catholic world? You know, through the Catholic digital world? Because, oh, I mean, for it sure. Seems, yeah. It seems like I have. You know, answers, yes. you lack the real encounter with another person, with the body of Christ, right? Is, I mean, is it is it? A, it's good, but it's not sufficient. Yeah, I agree with that. I've grown a lot. Oh, good. The thing, yeah, just even good. in just catechesis, knowing stuff, learning about saints, whatever. Um, what do you all think about videos that may be out there that aren't, let's say, Catholic doctrine, Catholic teaching, as far as like personal revelations, like Jesus? I don't know anything. I really don't know anything about that world. That's not really my. Yeah, I don't. You know? I don't engage with that. I I, I, struggle. I engage with it quite a bit, actually. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I struggle. I struggle with that, to be honest. Like you wouldn't watch it, or <gasps> I just don't. I, just, I think there's a lot of, I think there's still a lot of junk on the internet and like we all have our interests and my yeah, my feed and, feeds and me that, kind of that lost that stuff and, like, and sacramental stuff there, not not for the revelation because I Joe, because you say that out with, loud you're gonna be kind of later yeah definitely not hopefully with anything that's about like knowing the faith the knowledge element of the faith or talking about saints a lot of that stuff I can go and 
look at other sources and verify. A lot of times with personal, I can't do that. There's no way to do that. I mean, the church has looked into a lot of them, like Our Lady yeah. of Fatima and all these. And so those, I think, are, those are, I don't yeah. have any issue. But a lot of the stuff that's just a, a guy on YouTube or a gal on YouTube talking about their experience, I don't, I struggle with putting much credence in that. Father Joseph, what are some that you have listened to? I'm a, actually a really big fan of reading a guy by the name of Mark Mallett. He's a Canadian Catholic man who um, does, I believe, have have the, the real charismatic gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. In the, not in the sense of like fortune telling the future, but in the sense of like having a real perceptive understanding of of the signs of the times, as mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. tells us. You know, he and he's very. I think he's very good. He's very balanced. He's very rooted in the sacraments in the church and obedience um, to magisterium. It's really good. Um, he along with a few others, run a website called Countdown to the Kingdom, which can kind of tend towards the apocalyptic a little bit. But honestly, when you look around at the headlines, it doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, it is a, a lot of um, private revelation to people. And yeah, you obviously have to discern it with, with the light of uh, Scripture and tradition. But even St. Paul says, do not squelch the Spirit and do not silence prophecies. Because th- those charismatic gifts are still around in the church today. Mm. And... You know, so you just have to, you have to be so deeply grounded in your own Catholic faith to be able to read and listen to these things, to be able to know, okay, that's true. Uh, that, that one doesn't really quite match up with, you know, what we believe. So like, for example, um, you know, when COVID first came out, there were Catholic websites that said, if you take this certain remedy, and it was like some bizarre stuff, like, you know, eat 10 grapes and you'll not get COVID or something, you know, something like really bizarre. Nice. And like, well, God told me to say that. I'm like, mm, uh, no, that's probably the guy not. on the YouTube with the YouTube channel type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like okay. some just some random person, and there were some unscrupulous Catholic websites that were trumpeting that, you know, these, these special cures from heaven or whatever. And you're kind of like, no, 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 that's not, it's not the case. Yeah, could people be led astray? Of course. Oh, very easily. But very easily. I think that is where, like you just said, it's up to our own kind of. Uh, well, you have to have knowledge and understanding of the faith, which if you don't, you don't, you know. But hopefully you still get something good out of it. But, you know, what I've found is with a lot of personal revelations, what people say matches up to what the church teaches. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of rehashing so, the gospel. Yeah, so it it just, yeah, I don't know. I think you, I can trust it personally, um, but I have a more openness to that kind of thing. I, it's just in my nature. Um, but I recently found Father Jeff Couture. Oh, Norwalk. yeah, priest from our diocese, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has a couple videos on YouTube about his near-death experience. Yeah, when as like an 18-year-old atheist, strung out on drugs and alcohol, and was in purgatory and saw heaven, and met Jesus face to face, and yep. was fully restored by Him, and then put back in His body. You may doubt that, Paul and Joe, but I when doubt I doubt it, yeah, I, I never, I never, I I never doubt said doubt anything. I just said it wasn't <laughs> okay. my thing. Well, fa- yeah. Joe, Joe knows Father Jeff. He was at his parish. Uh, yeah, he was a vicar of St. Mary's for a while. We well, were there for a brief period. Of th- I know Jeff, we, you we, guys have, can... we overlapped for about a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's a good guy. I have no reason to yeah. doubt his story. A vision is no reason to doubt a vision. Yeah, I mean, God definitely still gives amazing graces. I mean, I remember not too long ago, I was teaching a, a class of fifth graders. And uh, we were talking about some of the visionaries in the past, like St. Faustina and things. And this one little boy in the back pipes up. He's like, I've had visions. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, it's not uncommon. (laughs) It's not uncommon. It does happen. But I also, um, 
like you should be careful to never be like, oh, that changes my view of the such another in terms of the faith, right? Because it has to always conform to public to public revelation. Exactly. Right. And that's exactly. something we just have to bear in mind. Is I think there could be a tendency among people to be like, this is my thing. Like this is my like second revelation that this is like to me. It's like, well, no, like let's let's calm it down a little bit, right? Like there is yeah. like, you know, so that's but it's, I'm nothing against it. It's just isn't my thing. I'm supposed to draw us gotcha. back to the gospel, including that's really what all of social the uh, Catholic social world is supposed to do. Draw us to faithfulness to the gospel. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, and also wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in next time. And don't forget to listen to Restless. Restless.